Hello and welcome to Worst Pod. We are officially back. Um, I know it's been a very long time. I was actually planning to record an episode last weekend and it fell through for technical difficulties. But I have good news. Uh, I think we figured out what the problem was. So we'll, we'll come back to that. That was supposed to be a guest one. And it was supposed to be really, really good. Well, at least I thought it would be. <laughs> um, so, so we'll come back to that. I really want to do that one. It's it's going to be on nutrition, and I think that that's a critically important topic. Funny enough, I was planning to launch it the same day. Uh, I was planning to record it the same day that Joe Rogan launched a podcast um, episode where he talks to a, an expert on the carnivore diet. I forget what the guy's name was, but uh, is a PhD uh, who advocates for the carnivore diet. So we were going to talk about the carnivore diet. I want to talk about keto. I want to talk about... Um, you know, like paleo stuff, like all these fad diets and see, get to the heart of like what's good about them and what's bad and, and maybe some recommendations on that. But I've, uh, I've also noticed that you guys really dig the episodes that I do where I lend you some kind of knowledge nuggets, not the, uh, not the boring, just in like entertaining, like here's what I like ones, but the ones where I'm actually dropping some knowledge bombs on you that you didn't know before. So in this episode, we're going to launch a series. This is going to be the first episode of a series, and it's going to be me talking about finance. Now, I will caveat heavily like I did the last financial episode I did uh, with, I'm not a financial advisor. I have no training in this whatsoever formally, other than the fact that I went to UCLA and took a couple of economics courses. Um, that's, not, uh, that's not enough training to be a financial advisor or anything close to it. I just want to say, this is what I've done for myself. This is what I've learned from managing my own finances. And it's been pretty good for me. I've been able to pay off. Well, that's probably not the right way to put it. Uh, when I first started budgeting, I didn't start with a net worth number on my budget tracker, but our net worth together was negative $112,000-ish. <laughs> the student loans get you every time, right? Now we, are, we erased that within two years, essentially. So now we're, we're more than break even. Um, we're, we're in positive territory and we have been for what, six months or so? One, one, two, three. Yeah, about six months. So we erased essentially $110,000 of debt in two years and we're on track to be positive 150 ish in, in two years. So this is possible um, to manage your money well. We didn't budget for the longest time. And I've I said this in the financial uh, podcast I did before. And it really hurt us. It, like We were just spending money left and right if we had it, and we were trying to save at the same time. And if you don't have a plan for it, and if you haven't budgeted out every dollar, then you don't, you don't, you're not going to be as effective as if you sat down and actually tried to budget everything out. So like I say, I'm not a financial advisor, but I do have some experience managing money. The first step on this journey, so this podcast is going to basically cover two steps. And the first step, I'm going to tell you, number one, you need to have money and how to get more money if you're making money. Uh, and then number two, what you should be looking for in a place to put your money. So that's, we're looking at like baby steps right now. So that's checking account, right? So I'm going to give you some options on, on checking accounts that you should be looking at. And if you've been with a checking account provider or like one of the big banks, it's a good opportunity for you to see what else is out there other than just Chase, Wells Fargo, and all these other companies that are terrible. Uh, terribly governed companies that just want to take your money. Um, <laughs> that's my opinion. Uh, my brother asked me to do something on the big banks 
about like the corruption within them. So maybe I'll do a podcast on that too later. But in this financial series, it's really just what are the best tools and strategies to give you a really solid foundation? And then we'll build on that foundation as we go. The single most important thing you can do before we even get into the tools is to have consistent income that uh, continues to improve over time. Now, I made a wise decision, partially through luck, partially through my own doing, to become an officer in the Air Force, which gave me five pay raises in the first four years of my career and really solid pay and benefits. So I I kind of lucked into it, half lucked into it, in that uh, my older brothers had already gone through the path before me and half chose to do it and half figured out how to do it on my own. So there, there's that, right? If, if you're in high school and you're listening to this, go into the military, do whatever you can to go into <laughs> as an officer, particularly, um, just because they make so much more money and you get the opportunity to be a leader, which uh, you won't get in any private sector companies at that young of an age. So excellent opportunity. But if you're like 99.9% of the people who listen to this podcast, you're probably somewhere in the civilian sector, which is great, actually. You have a lot of freedom. So you can, you can choose to pick up your talents and go elsewhere if you want to, right? Move your talents to South Beach or wherever you want to go. I've mentioned it before. I think I talked about it in like episode one or two of this podcast. I don't even remember anymore. But uh, the book from Ramit Sethi, I Will Teach You To Be Rich, has some really good strategies in there for negotiating your salary. So. Uh, by all means, follow his advice on that. It's actually really good advice. The gist of it is demonstrate that you're capable to your employer, have a strong track record. And if you've been at your employer a while, you probably already have that. Um, And then formally request to discuss your salary. There's nothing wrong with this, right? Because they know how this works. It's a marketplace of talent. So they fully understand how this works. Employers do. You're the only one on the outside of this process. <laughs> so if you're, if you're an employee at a company, they were looking for someone to fill the spot you're filling before you got there. You met all the criteria and they filled it with you. So they, they understand how this works. It's a complete, open, free enterprise marketplace of talent. That's what hiring is. It's, it's not like they're, they're not used to this. So you can, you can request formally to discuss your compensation, which is totally normal. And then, you know, demonstrate to them what you're going to do and why you deserve a raise. If you've already done great things at the company, it should be very easy to justify. Write up a few bullets about what you've done. Go and present it. If your performance has been mediocre or, you know, subpar, then maybe it's not the right time for that. Perform really well first for a while. Then go uh, formally request an audience with your employer, with your boss, and then you will you know, present what you've been doing and then ask if they say, yeah, but it's not enough. Then you go, okay, what would be enough? And when they give you metrics, you write it all down and then you go set out and accomplish those metrics. I mean, this isn't hard. It's, it's, if you're in a sales job or if you're in, uh, you know, in a, in a like production job, this is easy to do because you can have clear metrics. If you're in a hospitality job or something that's less data driven, it would be more qualitative feedback that you're looking for. But in, in either case, you can do this, right? You can go to your boss, you can say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. And they'll say, okay, well, this is what we would need to see to justify that. And then you go, okay, great. And you go make it happen, right? So read Ramit Sethi's book. He puts it 
in simpler, more concrete terms, but that's the gist of what you're looking to do. Not only to uh, keep your job and make your employer happy, but to improve your income beyond what it currently is. So that's a big thing. The best thing you can do to build a strong financial future is have really solid income, right? The, the next steps are beyond that, right? Everything else uh, is, is also important, but you have to have a good pool of money to start with in order to be able to build what you're looking to build for the future. You can't start something with nothing. Donald Trump had a million dollar loan from his father to start his company, right? So <laughs> you're not going to get a million dollar loan from your father, but you can save 10 50 maybe even $100,000 over a few years if you set your mind to it and you have solid income. So first step, get good income coming in every month. And what good is is different for everybody, right? You know what your expenses are and you should aim for a number that's reasonable and then try to improve it over time. All right, so once you have that, once you have solid income and you know where your income is coming from, you feel solid and stable in your job, even if you don't, you need somewhere to put it. <laughs> you need somewhere to put the money, okay? And really, all you need to think of, of your checking account is this is a bucket of money. Now, there are a lot of other you know, little facets of that bucket of money that we're going to talk about, but really, this is all your checking should be like, this is all that should be necessary for your checking account. So don't be looking for things that are like all these newfangled bells and whistles, right? Though there are some that do that and can provide you a good bucket of money. That's not what you should be attracted to. Here's some of like, just like the bare minimum basics of what you need in a checking account. And these should be almost universal at most, most of the ones I'm, uh, that you should be looking at at least. Number one, don't go with any of the big banks. They charge the most fees. There's, there's just no reason to go to them because they have to pay for their brick and mortar establishments. That's why they charge so many, so much fees. And to be honest, you should be trying to wean yourself off of cash anyway, because we're moving rapidly toward a cashless society. So the sooner you get off of the idea that I need a physical bank branch to deposit my checks and cash, the easier this transition will be as the world goes undergoes a shift toward digital dollars, digital currencies. Plus, the big banks are some of the most corrupt entities on the planet. They were responsible for the stock market crash. They're going to be responsible for another stock market crash and you know, anywhere from 10 to 50 years. This is just how banks operate. Their, their business is just like anything else, but when banks fail, it's with your money. That's the difference, right? Like when another business fails, it's generally their money. And, you know, there's nothing that you really, you don't have a vested interest in if Carl's Jr. dies, right? Other than the fact that you have to go somewhere else to get a burger. So, but if a bank crashes and they have your money, I mean, you're going to get the money back most, most of it, as long as there's not a giant sum in it because the FDIC insures it. But the fact remains that it's your money that is their business. So don't feed the monster, if you will, <laughs> that is the big banks. That would be Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Citigroup, you know, all these big things, TD Ameritrade. I guess they're not really a bank. But anyway, all of these big companies don't feed the bear because we've seen what they've done with money. It's not like it's, it's not like it's a, maybe they won't manage it. Right. We've seen, we've seen multiple times where they've just like completely failed and gone under and consolidated and none of the bank executives have to pay for what they've done. So let's, uh, let's stay away from the big banks. That's, that's one rule for you. Number two is you want something that has no minimum balance, no overdraft fees, no transaction limit. That's pretty like 
standard across most of the internet-based banks nowadays. FDIC insured is another one. Most of the internet-based banks will insure at least 250 grand, um, which I highly doubt you're going to have more than that in your checking account. If you do, there's probably something wrong. Like <laughs> you probably want to push the money off to something else where you can make more money on it. Um, so FDIC insured, as long as it's up to 250, it doesn't matter if it's like some of these banks boast about like online ones up to a million dollars insured, and it's like why would I ever need that unless Unless I'm like, I don't know, transferring stuff. If, if I'm like a real estate big wig, I'm transferring stuff into a checking so that I can wire it somewhere, I guess. But, I, you know, all the people listening to this podcast don't have to worry about that for the next 20, 30 years. <laughs> so, um, and then maybe 10, 15 for some of you, if you're really smart. And then you want like, you know, online checking account access. Anyone, any bank that advertises online checking account access now, stay away because like that's so elementary and so like should be considered just like standard and everything. If they have that on their website, <laughs> then, I mean, stay away. They haven't innovated in anything for a long time. So online checking account access, you know, ability to deposit checks from your mobile device and uh, a debit ATM card, which is also doubles as credit. Usually it's Visa or MasterCard or something. So, uh, I mean, those are all pretty standard. If you're looking at the internet-based banks, almost all of them have it, like all that stuff. That doesn't mean you shouldn't check for it because you really should because some of them do charge like little ticky-tack fees and they advertise, know this, know this, know this. And then they have this like one other fee where it's like a one-off if you do something really bizarre with your money, like something really that you wouldn't do on a regular basis, but you have to do it every once in a while. So check for all these things, of course, but most of them are a given. Okay. So if you just wanted to like go down to the local credit union and like figure out if it's good for you, those are some of the things you should be looking for. Um, credit unions are great, by the way. If you want to go with a credit union, that's, that's fine. Oftentimes you will be able to build a good relationship with your credit union and get really good deals on loans, mortgages, you know, stuff like that uh, in the future. So if you wanted to go that route, that's perfectly reasonable. However, you're going to miss a lot of the cool gee whiz stuff about some of these online accounts all right what should you be looking for beyond these basics though number one would be a, de a decent interest rate on whatever you have in the account so right now all the interest rates are at an all-time low pretty much not all time but uh really low um and you're looking at like maybe 0.2 to 0.4 i think is like kind of like the best i've seen so if you can find a checking account somewhere in that range that's good when the rates rise back up whoever you're with, if they're kind of like leading the market in this regard, 0.2 to 0.4, like I said, they'll rise with the interest rate. So maybe over time you might have an interest rate on your checking that would be one to 2%, which would be not bad at all. Um, you know, when, when interest rates go higher, however, interest rates, like don't make them the end all be all. You shouldn't be looking at your checking account money to be the one that's the interest bearing account. Like this is just icing on the cake. Um, Beyond the basics, no fees whatsoever. Look for an account that like, advertises very clearly, we don't charge any fees on anything. And they will all have tables somewhere on their website or some kind of article explaining exactly what they charge fees on. Look for that table, find it. If it's all zeros all the way down and they have like a whole bunch of asterisks, like other people may charge you X for X, that's fine. You just want the, the checking account company, the bank itself, not to charge you fees on whatever you have in there or whatever activity you do with the account. That's the big thing. So and there are a bunch of these now. 
that do this. So this is not uh, like this is not novel. It was what maybe like seven or eight years ago to have a checking account with like no fees whatsoever. Now it's the norm. And again, don't bow to the big brick and mortar banks that rule the world because again they they charge all sorts of fees. Like this is just I'm talking about internet based banks because they are giving the best customer service and they're providing the best um, value in the banking sector right now. So uh, beyond those two things, what else is icing on the cake? This is really hard to find, but if you can find it, bookmark that thing and then come back to it and look at it harder. Not just a free network of ATMs, but ATM reimbursement wherever you go. So, and this is again, hard to find, but almost all these online checking accounts will say free ATM access and they'll have a star. And then if you go down and you read the fine print, it's like access at 19,000 X brand of ATMs across the US, right? Or 50,000 X brand of ATMs across the US and the world. That's great. That's good. The trouble with that is you have to look for what the brand of the ATM is. Like, is it one of these network ATMs? And if you don't remember what specifically your brand of ATM is, then you have to like go into the app and search for where the locations are for those ATMs to not be charged a fee, which I find annoying. I want to be able to go to any ATM in the US or ideally abroad as well and get my money from any ATM and not be charged fees on it. That's the ideal. That's the, that's the, best combination of everything. And the only way you can do this is if your bank says that they will reimburse ATM fees, not just free ATMs at their network ATMs, but they will reimburse you for ATM fees. That's huge. So that's the criteria that I've laid out. And I think it's good. It's not perfect, but it's like a really solid base to look for things. If you just want to use that criteria and go find a credit union or something else, or do the research yourself and find a bank. That's cool too. But I've narrowed it down to a few that I think are really good. I'm going to give you one, actually, no, two runners up that are like good, not great. And then I'm going to give you three finalists. Depending on what you want to do, you'll want to choose one of these, depending on which one like fits your needs better. That's, that's the big thing. Which one like, you know, suits you because there is no one size fits all checking account the one gets close, but there, there really is no one size fits all. All right. The first runner up is Wealthfront. This is one of the new robo advisor online suites, if you will, of banking that you can do online. It's, it has a, you know, pretty typical things that I already mentioned that are good about it. 0.35% um, APY on your cash. So it's earning 0.35%. Um, no account fees at all. So no minimum accounts, monthly service withdrawal, no debit card, no excess activity, no stop payment fees. And then they have a network of 19,000 ATMs you can get money from. Like we talked about, that's not the ideal, but it's still good. You just have to check the app if you forget what the payment network is, um, which I don't like, but you know, <laughs> there are trade-offs with all of these. Um, and then they're, you know, they, they have Apple Pay, Google Pay, all that kind of stuff. So it's, and it, they insure your cash up to a million dollars, which again, you don't need that, but they do it. And there's no minimums. There's, there's a $1 minimum for, for the account itself. The great thing about Wealthfront and all these like online new age robo advisors try to do this. They try to make an entire suite that can manage all your money for everything. Where Wealthfront really excels is 
in its user interface. I use it just for projection. Like you can literally just plan on this thing. You can just sign up for an account and just plan your finances with it by drawing in all your other accounts. You don't have to open an account with them. And you can just project over time. You can add in like big purchases that you're planning to do and when you're planning to do it, how much you're saving in each account, at what percentages you're saving them. You know, plan your retirement. It's really good that way. And the user interface is better than the other alternatives that are in the same space. So Betterment's okay. The UI is really clunky on it. Um, so if you're looking for something that's just like easy to use, really simple and looks good and will help you plan for retirement, Wealthfront, there's no better robo-advisor online than Wealthfront, to my knowledge. And I've tried all of them, <laughs> like all of them. Trust me. I, I, I do this for fun. Like I just sign up for accounts on things and I just play around with it. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. I don't delete my account. I just like <laughs> have my password saved in LastPass and, and move on with my life, right? Um, and then 10 years from then, I'll come back to it and I'll be like, oh, I did sign up for an account for this thing. <laughs> this is what I do. I just go around and I, I try to early adopt stuff and I try to figure out like what's the best thing within this niche and can this like satisfy a need in my financial life, you know? So again, if you just want a basic checking account that will work and will help you plan for retirement, Wealthfront is better than anything else. It's a runner-up only because it doesn't have some of the other bells and whistles. And what we talked about was, really, all you need a checking account for is to be a bucket. And this does more than that. So, I mean, depending on what you want to do with your money and what you feel like you need, if you feel like you're having a hard time projecting for retirement, or if you have, I mean, if you have your own spreadsheet for projecting retirement and all that, like some people I know, then you probably don't need this. But if you want an online tool that will help you do it and looks pretty, Wealthfront is your is your man, so to speak. Another runner-up that is in the uh, more traditional bank lane, though they have been pioneers. It's interesting. They invented mobile deposit for checks, and then everybody else ripped them off, and they actually sued and won. Now, you can't have an account here unless you are in the military or your father was in the military, your mother was in the military, and they had accounts at this bank. USAA, the best insurance out there, pretty much, um, for your auto insurance, and also one of the best checking accounts you can get. It's free checking, no fees whatsoever. Um, you can set up your savings account wherever it is. Actually, I think it has to be at USAA, so you might want to open like a small check or savings account there. But if you if you link them up, then there's no overdraft fees because it'll just charge your savings whatever's there um, instead of overdrafting the account. Really simple, really easy to use online interface. Hasn't really been innovated in probably five, maybe six years, but uh, they are a pioneer in the space. Like I said, they invented mobile deposit and they were one of the first to have online access for their checking accounts. So they do really try hard to satisfy members' needs in that regard. And icing on the cake is they reimburse your ATM fees up to 20 bucks a month and you're never going to get cash more than what, four or five times a month? Well, what would that be? Probably six because ATM fees are what, three bucks? You're never going to get cash more than six times a month. If you are, you're running some kind of racket or something. If you're in the mafia, you probably need a, a brick and mortar account somewhere. <laughs> or if you run like a strip club or something, go get yourself a cash account somewhere in a brick and mortar bank. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, probably shouldn't because that's a legal activity and they're going to just suspend your account and, you know, freeze all your funds. So. If you're in the mafia or if you're, if you're running a strip club, well, strip clubs aren't illegal. What am I even talking about? Let's get back on, on track. Um, <laughs> USA checking is good. 
um, we've been using it. They have joint accounts. Um, and that's what I've been using since like 2011, 2010, maybe. I don't know. I've had it for basically my whole adult life. And it's really good in that uh, there's like no fees whatsoever. You don't have to worry about any of that. And they reimburse your ATM fees. Again, if you're just looking for a bucket of money, USAA checking is a way to go. And you can also get insurance through them if you have an account. Their auto insurance is fantastic and their customer service is second to none. So highly recommend USA checking. The only problem is, and you're going to run into this with all these online accounts, if you need to send in cash, you have to do it like through the mail. Never do that. Just if you have cash, just use it to spend on that instead of spending on your credit cards or, or your ATM card, right? Which we'll talk about this later probably. But if you can spend money on your credit cards and then pay it off immediately, that's better than using an ATM card anyway. So. But uh, with your cash, you never send it through the mail. Just if you get like 200 bucks for your birthday or something, like put it all together and then go buy something you've been wanting for a long time, right? Like, like some new Jordans or whatever. Don't, I wouldn't recommend that, but you could, right? <laughs> go out and buy some big purchase that you've been wanting to do for a long time and just get rid of the cash because who needs cash? Like you don't need it. It's all digital society. Try to get rid of it as soon as you can and just go back to your digital world. So to summarize the two runner-ups, Wealthfront, uh, great user interface and good for retirement prediction, and USA checking. Simple user interface has historically been a leader and then also reimburses ATM fees, which Wealthfront doesn't do. All right, number uh, one of the three that I think are good options, like solid, really good options that I highly recommend. Number one is Simple. Simple.com. They, I signed up for this service back when it was like just starting out in 2013. I was like, this is so awesome. And it actually is really cool. Um, the essential premise of Simple is you have a checking account. It's, it's a checking account. There's no fees whatsoever. Give you an ATM card and all that, all that jazz. You can send checks through the service, which they will like print out for you, sign for you, and send to whoever you're indicating the check is for. Like You just put in their address and they'll send the check, which is really cool. Um, I think they still do that. At least they did a few years ago. Um, and they have joint accounts now. And what, what's really cool is um, they basically like help you divvy up your money into envelope savings. So if you are a big fan of the envelope, envelope saving method and you've been doing it like with cash, you can do it digitally here on Simple in exactly the same way, which is really cool. And um, they also have one of the best savings rates right now around. How it works is Simple has these things called goals, which are basically your envelopes, right? So if you're saving for like, like, and you can save over time too. It does this really well. So like say your rent is due on the first and you start saving at the first of the previous month, then it'll just deduct X amount of money, you know, whatever your rent payment is divided by 30 um, every day until you get to that day. And then when the money's already there sitting in the envelope, ready for you to spend on that thing. But they also have a goal that's a savings goal, which is essentially just a savings account. Whatever you put in that bucket is going to earn more interest than whatever's in your checking. And you can move it in and out as you see fit. And in the savings goal right now, it's generating 0.6. It was generating way more. They consistently match whatever the highest rate is anywhere. And I, I can say this because I've used it for a while. Whatever the best rates are that you're seeing out there from like Goldman Sachs, Marcus usually has a really high interest savings rate. Some of these other ones like SoFi Money, do they have? Uh, they do okay. Um, but some of the best interest rates, you know, in recent memory from some of these online banks simple usually has it right there or higher so uh 
a good place to keep your checking and your savings if you're looking for some place to do it both in-house, right? Both in the same platform. The user interface is super simple, super easy to use, and it helps you, like I said, envelope budget for whatever you want to envelope budget for. And then you can also save over time by putting your money into different savings goals. So say you want to save for vacation, but you can only save 50 bucks a month for it. It'll deposit 50 bucks a month into that vacation goal until you hit your goal. And uh, you can actually just tell it like, I want to go on vacation next summer and this is how much I'll need. And it'll calculate everything for you and save it in that envelope until you're ready. And then when you're ready, all the money's there. Boom. So simple is really good. Now on to number two. On this second recommendation of things that I think are good, it's SoFi Money. SoFi just launched this maybe a year or two ago. Um, it's you know like all these other online suites are trying to do, put all your money for everything in one place, right? We, we can be your one-stop shop for everything. The problem with that is usually, usually, and when I say usually, I mean 95, 99% of the time, they, these companies don't do everything best. Like they, they don't have the best checking, the best savings, the best, you know, IRA, the best um, active investing accounts where you just want to have some fun money that the best, you know, college savings accounts. They don't have the best of everything all in one place, right? Including fees on advisors, all that kind of stuff. SoFi does the best of anybody at this, um, in my opinion, because their checking account, you know, no fees at eight. 55,000 ATMs, um, which again, is not reimbursement, but it's good. It's really good. Um, it's like three times the number that uh, Wealthfront offers. Six times the national average um, on their interest, which I think is what, like 0.35 again, something like that. The account itself is actually pretty comparable to what Wealthfront is offering. Um, and that's good. It's good. It's not great. It's good. And Wealthfront does have better visualization tools to like see your money. And we already talked about that, you know, not at length, but a lot. Uh, I mentioned it a lot, at least. Um, what SoFi does different is a lot of their products are better. They just have better, like they have more stuff to offer you. First of all, if you're a member, they have uh, SoFi credit cards now. They have um, SoFi Invest, which includes active investing, automated investing, retirement accounts. They have crypto now, ETFs. They have student loans and student loan refinancing. They have personal loans. They have uh, home loans, including mortgages, mortgage refis. They have um, like law school loans, graduate student loans, and they consider where you went to school in lending. That like it's just a really solid company. And one of the things that they do really well is evaluate your ability to repay stuff and give you good interest rates on stuff. It's the most comprehensive suite. So what I like to say is if you want a checking account and you want all of your finances in one place, SoFi is probably the best place for you to do that. The only other option you would have, well, there are, there are a few options, but you would have Betterment or Wealthfront to do that. Wealthfront does a good job of it. There's just not as much to do. They're not going to loan you money. Um, <laughs> what Wealthfront does, which is actually really cool, is if you have money with them in a portfolio, they will lend you up to 30% of it as basically a line of credit against your portfolio. So if something happened with your portfolio and it went down to a certain level, you'd have to repay some of the line of credit. But basically, you're getting a line of credit at 2 to 3%, which is great, better than a loan. And uh, it's your money, but your money's still invested. So you're still earning whatever you're earning on whatever, wherever it is. So, you know, on average, 6 to 7%, right? And you're only paying 2 to 3% to 
Wealthfront for that line of credit, which is a really good deal. But again, Wealthfront doesn't have the same like expansive palette, if you will. They don't bring a giant tray in front of you and say, these are all your options. SoFi does that. There's like a million products that you can get from SoFi. So if you want to keep all of your financial stuff, all of it, all of it in one place, and you're just like, I just want one platform to, that I can log into and I don't want a million login accounts, <laughs> SoFi is good for you. And it's especially good if you graduated from a prestigious school because they will give you better rates on loans. That's just like, uh, it might not be fair, but that's, that's kind of how they were founded. Um, I got a private loan through SoFi back in 2012 or 13 for, for school, again, when they were just starting out. But their whole pitch was, we evaluate you based on the school you've gotten into and what your grades are, and also based on your ability to repay. So it was a whole like a, a new way of looking at lending in that we're also evaluating your, you know, your intellectual capability and your general ability as a person. So that was novel at the time. SoFi continues to do pretty novel stuff. And if you live in LA and you care about this, you can get like uh, special access into a certain part of SoFi Stadium, which is the home of the Rams and the Chargers. So <laughs> I don't know if anybody cares about that or when we'll be able to go back in person. But um, supposedly there's a member area and it's supposedly nice. So I'm not sure if any of that matters to anybody, but <laughs> that, that's, that's another potential reason to join SoFi if you're like a giant NFL or Rams or Chargers fan. So that's the comprehensive pick. I want all my financial stuff in one place. I want one login. SoFi. Everything they do is pretty good. And what they do better than Wealthfront and Betterment, no fees on any of the investment stuff. They don't charge an advisory fee. Both of those others charge a 0.4% advisory fee. You want to get away from advisory fees or any fees, really, if you can avoid it. SoFi Money helps you do that. There's, there's like literally no fees because what they do is they try to put your money into their ETFs and that's how they make their money. But their ETFs are really solid and really low um, management fees on the ETFs themselves. So you're paying comparable to Vanguard or some of the other gold standard ETFs or funds. And it's, uh, it, they just do really good, really sound things. And if you're with SoFi Money, you also get uh, the ability to talk to a financial advisor anytime you want for free. And you'll also have uh, career coaching uh, and a whole bunch of other benefits too. They're like, they have a really good community and being a part of it and seeing uh, some of the people who have gone through loan repayment with them and stuff like that. They are like genuinely happy when people pay off their loans with them. And um, they do their best to try to charge low, low interest, low fees on things. So uh, I just think it's a really solid, really good company that I hope does well in the future. But I also think that about Simple. Simple, uh, SoFi, and USA, I like. I've used them forever and I feel like an affinity toward the brands. And uh, honestly, the customer service at all three of them is second to none. Like, you can reach out, actually, Simple pioneered this, pioneered chat, customer service in general, but especially in banking. Back in 2013, their whole pitch was like, you can message us any time of the day and we'll get back to you within 24 hours. And you can still do that on their platform. And they are still uber helpful. The last pick, and in some ways the best and in some ways the worst pick. <laughs> um, I had to put this one in just because it has like all of the cool stuff, but it also suffers from some some problems. So this is Betterment. I love this. I haven't even tried it yet. I've, I've tried an account. I don't like the user interface, but I haven't tried their checking. But I can tell you from what I see on their website, this is a solid account. It has all of the bells and whistles. Okay. 
So number one, no fees whatsoever. FDIC insured, ATM and foreign fees reimbursed, reimbursed. Every fee is gone from this and foreign fees. If you're traveling somewhere, you let them know you're traveling, you won't pay to get cash anywhere. Um, Tap to pay on your debit card. And here's another bell. Cell phone insurance at no cost. They will insure your cell phone as long as you pay the bill with their debit card. So on cell phone damage and theft. Isn't that great? Like, I didn't even know that that was a thing until I saw this. Um, And they also do something really cool. I love when companies do this. Like, usually you see it from software companies and stuff like that. But the fact that a banking company is doing this is awesome. They have a public roadmap for their checking account where they're telling you what features they're working on, what features they've already done, and then like what's to come, which I love that. I love transparency in companies. If you are married or you do your finances with someone else in some way, they don't have joint checking accounts yet. That's the next thing on their roadmap. And then physical checkbooks, that's the next thing on their roadmap. So they're still clearly building this out, but the value proposition as it is now is really good. Like, especially if you travel a lot, or if you just like, I don't want to pay for cell phone insurance anymore. <laughs> um, they do a great job. Again, this UI, this user interface on the back end when you log into your account is really, really clunky. I don't like it at all. But if what they're offering in terms of a value proposition, it can't be beat. Like this is just this is just really well thought out in terms of what they're giving you. And if you like Betterment, you can also use their savings account. You can also use their investing account. You can also use their retirement account. And whatever you like, obviously. Um, Betterment, like I said, charges fees. They charge a 0.4% advisory fee if you're investing with them, which is not great. But at least Betterment gives you access to live advisors if you want to talk to a financial advisor. Wealthfront doesn't do that. It's all about the robo-advisor. It's all about like, we have these formulas and we've set your portfolio on these formulas and it's going to (laughs) go, which is good and bad. Like if you like talking to someone, it's, it's not good. If you think like, I'm going to trust really smart people to make a formula for me, then, then that could work for you. So that is Betterment. We have covered two runners up, Wealthfront USA Checking, three others, Simple, SoFi Money, and Betterment. The things we haven't covered are things like Ally, Axios, Capital One, like all these others. I think they're good, especially Ally is pretty good. Um, but again, it's kind of just like, if you're going to go the online bank route, Go with the ones who are innovating more. Go with the ones who are on the leading edge, the bleeding edge of this, of this movement, and you'll get better results long-term. If you, if you go with a company like Ally, they're too like one foot in the traditional banking world, one foot in the online banking world, and they don't really know which way they're going. If you go with a company like Chime, which is like new kid on the block, they have a really good savings account rate right now. It's at 1%, which is like better than anything else I've seen. But they kind of like cater toward this like um i don't know like like average every work everyday worker which is is fine but if you're a professional who's on a salary you don't care about getting paid early right you don't care about getting paid 2 days early um and you don't like you don't really expect to overdraft your account the whole like we'll spot you $100 on your debit card purchases with no overdraft fees it's kind of just like i don't know i feel like chime is catering toward um, the hourly worker, not toward the um, the salaried worker who wants to, who's like, just wants a bucket for their money and is going to put the money elsewhere. You know what I mean? So um, there's nothing wrong with having Chime. Actually, I, I hear the app is really good, but 
I just don't think it's like best for, I don't know, this audience. I don't know. I actually don't know who this audience is really. <laughs> I just know it's like people who mostly know me. Um, and then like a whole bunch of people randomly in other countries. Um, but you can use chime and stuff like that. I will say like, I don't think it's the best. It doesn't have like all of the features, but if, if it works for you, it works for you. Um, and the good thing is they don't charge a lot of fees. So that's, that's really the number one thing. Don't let people take your money because they give you a place to put your money. They're going to make money off of your money just by giving you a place to put your money. That's how banks work. They shouldn't be charging you money on the money you're putting there so they can do their business in the first place. Like that's insane. And we tolerated that for a long time in society. Like, hey, I'm going to put my money with you. Okay, that'll be this amount of money. And then we didn't realize, oh, wait, they're lending my money to other people and also charging them money. So they're making money from both of us. That era, luckily for us, is over. It's, it's, just, it's a bygone era. Thank God we have defeated it. Um, <laughs> now, your money in most of these online banks is going to still end up in, in the big banks, like in one of these other like more traditional banks. But the great thing is, is you never have to deal with them, like not for customer service, not for anything, unless you're, unless like your online bank goes away somehow and then the assets default to this other bank or something like that. And, and even then you just pull your money and go somewhere else. Right. Um, so you don't have to worry about it. Um, even though your money's going to be with them and they're still going to be making money off of lending and stuff like that, at least you don't have to see them or go into an actual bank branch. <laughs> um, all right, so we covered uh, USA Checking, Wealthfront, and then for the top three, Simple, SoFi Money, and Betterment. And I give you reasons for all three of them. Simple is your simplicity and your envelope savings. SoFi Money is, I want all of my financial life in one place. SoFi does a great job on all that. And then Betterment is like the bells and whistles just on the checking account. The high interest ATM reimbursement, including foreign reimbursement, and phone insurance for free. Interesting, but kind of cool. Not gonna lie. That is it for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, let me know. I plan to do more of them. So I guess we'll see what the listener numbers look like (laughs) and whether or not I should keep doing it. But today was just like make money and find a place to put it. Now we're gonna go into like what what are the best savings accounts with the best rates, typically. And we're gonna go into um, you know, what are some of the best investing accounts? We'll go into I mean all sorts of stuff. I really haven't planned out my next steps, but the whole point of this is like, let's get a basis. Let's get like a foundation and then let's build on the foundation. So if you want to come on the journey, by all means, you're welcome and share with your friends. If you, if you like it, we are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on what else? Facebook. Technically no one really sees us there, but we're there. And, um, you can get this on Apple podcast, Spotify, Google, share, subscribe, like, rate, review, all the good stuff. I don't even know if you can do all that stuff on all the places I'm at, but do whatever you can. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Peace. This has been a Worst Pop production.